In today's episode, we're sharing three ways that you can generate more income without needing to take on a new long-term client. This is the JFDI podcast with the two Lauras. Laura Moore and Laura Davis help aspiring freelance social media managers like you in establishing a successful business they love. With over three decades of combined marketing expertise, they have invaluable insights into all aspects of the industry. Together, they have built a community of freelance social media marketers and are here to give you invaluable nuggets of insider knowledge on how to solve some of the key challenges that you might face. This podcast is sponsored by our friends at Agora Pulse. I think it's important to start off with why we need to always be looking at opportunities to have a variety of income streams and to be constantly looking at how we can generate that. And I think number one is there's always a risk that we lose clients and clients generally for a social media marketer is going to be a big chunk of your income. So when you lose a client, you can potentially lose a significant amount of your income. So when you've got variety of income streams coming in, it A, it takes the, the sting out of it a little bit, but also sometimes the, the varying offers that you have are quicker to turn around. So to find a new client isn't always quick. It can sometimes take a bit of time. It, you can take a bit of nurturing, the whole onboarding. That It can take time to get actual new clients and then money in the bank. Whereas sometimes if you've got different ways to make money that you can quickly turn around, you can actually get a nice injection of cash quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And also... Quite often, if so if you lost a client, but you'd already had these different routes of generating money, that's different routes that you're generating potential new clients. So you have already got people that you can go back to who've already spent money with you, who you can potentially turn into a new long-term client at mm. some point in the future. So it kind of reduces the risk that way as well, doesn't it? But say you've lost a client and you're, you're banking on that money to pay for your summer holiday. You don't want to think, oh God, I need to cancel my summer holiday. By having these other kind of revenue streams, instead of thinking, well, I can't afford it anymore, you flip that and it's like, well, how can I afford it now? What do I need to do in order to be able to pay for it? So it's really important to have this kind of well-rounded business with all of these different revenue streams in for that purpose too. What was it? I remember you, it was just when we started to work together, you you wanted 500 quid for something. Yes. I can't remember what I needed that 500 quid for, but I made 500 quid in like, 36 hours or something yeah what was I spending it on I can't remember now but I yeah I went out to my audience I sold a masterclass and I knew exactly what I needed to do in order to make that money really quickly and made 500 quid in less than a weekend yeah because I had that that mindset of not oh I can't afford to do this it was the how can I afford to do this what do I need to do in order to go and make that money yeah and we can be like that in our business sometimes can't we we Mm. can say well we really want to do this or we really want to go there or we really want to buy this piece, you know, piece of tech, whatever it may be. So instead of having to dip into the bank, we go, okay, well, what do we need to do to make that money? And it's a mm. far better, it's a far healthier way to, to run a oh, business definitely. that you're yeah. look, constantly looking to generate the money that to enable you to, it's like savings, isn't it? It's, it's far mm. better to do it that way than constantly just having to dip into your ever depleting bank balance. Yeah, definitely. So we call this way of working the offer triangle. You might have heard us talk about this in previous 
episodes, but we'll, we'll just dive into it kind of at the top level so you understand what it is. Um, so the offer triangle, if you literally picture a triangle in your mind, it's got three sides. And so your business needs to have these three sides of kind of revenue generating offers, if you like. So one of those sides is going to be your long-term offers. So that recurring revenue. So that might be your social media clients. It might be that you have long-term consultancy clients. It might be they have a membership. It's that monthly revenue that you know that every single month somebody is paying you money. Then on the other side, you've got your one-to-one, one-time sort of offers. So this is where somebody's paying you one one time for one thing that you do once and it's one invoice, job done. And then the final side is your group offers. So this is where you're working with a group of people who are all paying you once. So for example, that might be like a masterclass or a training or something where you're training a a group of people at the same time. They're not all from the same business. They're a group of people that you've brought together for some reason to be able to sell that sort of thing. So when you've got that offer triangle in your business and you've got these three different ways of generating revenue, it removes that risk. It also means that you can offer different levels of business, different levels of um, budgets. You've got something to offer those people. You know, even if they can't afford your highest ticket thing, there's probably something else that you can sell them at that point so that it will take them through to be able to potentially be in your world and hire you when they can afford to hire that, you know, buy that high ticket thing. So it's a really good way to kind of nurture leads as well, if you like. And it's it's a good way to not leave money on the table essentially isn't it like if you yeah. if you only offer management then you're turning away people who can't afford you and for some people that you know that might just be what you want right now and that that's fine that's your decision but actually if you can have other offers that are at different price points it means that when someone can't afford your management for example you've got other ways in which they can buy from you and once people buy from you they're far more likely to buy from you again and then may come to be your, you know, next client in future months or years. So it's definitely a business model that we are really passionate about. It's how we built both built our freelance businesses. It gave us huge variety in our income, but it also gave us huge variety in our working weeks. It meant that we weren't just sat scheduling kind of content like on that kind of hamster wheel. It meant that we had far more enjoyment in our work that we did. And some of the things I guess that you can do as part of that offer triangle might take a bit of work. You need to think about it. You might need to invest in some tech, et cetera. But there are three ways in which all good social media marketers can offer some diversity in their income right now without loads of tech. (laughs) All you just need is your kind of knowledge and you can just kind of go out and do it now. So should we cover off what those three things are? Yeah, I think it's worth saying, like we were talking about group offers just now and I was talking about masterclass, that would not fit into these three things that we're going to talk about because you'd have to do lots of prep for that. Yeah, You know, you'd have to plan what you're going to do in that masterclass and all of that sort of stuff. So what we're going to talk about are three things that you could go out right now to your audience, make an offer and potentially have somebody buy these from you. So the first one that I want to talk about is something that I used to do a lot like probably far too much, (laughs) Um, which was power hours. I used to offer power hours so much. I used to probably have, you know, between three and seven power hours a week. So a lot. Jesus. I was constantly doing power hours. I I used to allow myself two a week maximum. Yeah, that would not have been enough for me. I was doing a (laughs) lot of power hours. Um, Sometimes, obviously, it was less. Sometimes it was weirdly more. Um, But if you're not familiar with the term power hour, uh, you know, people use this in different ways. They call these these different things. But for me, somebody would have an hour with me where we would be on Zoom 
Um, and this was pre-pandemic, so sometimes they didn't really understand how to use Zoom, which would take up the first 15 minutes. But we would be on Zoom and we would be talking about whatever it is that they needed help with. So this isn't something whereby I would come in with a plan or I'd be training them for an hour. I would say, right, you give me a list of things that you need help with. We'll get on Zoom and we'll cover as many of those as we can. And I would tend to ask them for that list at the beginning of the call. Sometimes they would give me it in advance as well. But I'd make a list at the beginning of the call and we would go through all of those. I used to do a lot of these for Facebook ads, but also for organic. Much um, more reactive, just, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely much more reactive and it's much more bespoke and personal because the people are coming with their specific problems and they're literally getting in your brain. You can share your screen, you can show them what to do and they go away, you know, with knowledge or with questions answered with wins so they feel like they've you know really got value from that hour there's probably people who are already in your inbox who are asking you questions asking to pick your brains asking for how do I do this or what's this mean or and those people are prime to sell a power hour to yeah you know they're already asking you for that help yeah and the beauty of these is you've kind of touched on you don't need to prep for them they're not no. time consuming it's not like the day before your power hour you've got to go and fully kind of audit that power hour recipients business you you don't need no. to do a great deal of prep obviously it's worth I didn't ever uh, even go and look at their socials okay I probably would <laughs> I'd probably looked at their website probably more than their socials to be honest um and I guess it depends what like if it was Facebook ads I wouldn't have probably looked at the socials but if it was social then I'd have but when I say I look I'm probably like two minutes have a quick mm. glance is it clear you know is it clear what they do what is their generally their content like? That would be it. And then I'd go and have a look at their website and just see if I can figure out what the hell the business did, um, especially if I couldn't figure that out from socials. But that was it. That was probably like five, five, ten minutes max. It's quick. It's it's quite easy mm. as well. If you're talking about a subject that you know about, and it's, it doesn't have to be power hours just about social media. As, as you say, you can be what, reactive to whatever your audience has got questions about but you could say you do power hours on instagram reels that's it if you wanted mm. to you could really niche it down and only offer power hours in the things that you you want to focus on so that still means that you can be reactive they can come with all their lists and their problems of understanding reels but it's very specific about reels so it doesn't just have to be mm. Because I think sometimes people will have the fear, you know, well, hang on, what happens if they come on the call and they ask me about LinkedIn pages and I don't... So you have to be a bit clear about what your expertise are. But also on that point, if that does happen and somebody comes on and they ask you a question you don't know the answer to, there's a really simple way to answer that. You just say, do you know what? No one's ever asked me that before. I'm going to go and check before I give you an answer in case I tell you something wrong. Yeah. I'll email you it. There's definitely ways in dealing with that, but I think the issue is people will be hesitant to offer them because they fear that. So if it, that's your block, that's your thing that you are kind of hesitant about in terms of offering a power hour, then just say that you do power hours on, on the areas in which that, or the platforms in which that you're most confident on. Because um, then you're going to obviously not get people on who are going to talk about LinkedIn, for example. Mm. So yeah, you can, it, you can be really as kind of granular and focused as you want with those things. Yeah. Price-wise, what do you think people should be charging for a power hour these days? Um, what did you used to charge? Well, I, what I used to charge and what what people charge now is probably very different because unfortunately time has moved on. For me, it would have been anything between 100 and 200 pounds. I think realistically now, I think they should be more 
like the 199s to the 299s. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. And if you're listening, thinking, oh, hang on a minute, I don't charge anywhere near that. This is good. This is good news because it means that you have got an opportunity to do a really good promotion and get some money in the bank now. So when I um, increased the price of my power hours, I used it as a promotion opportunity. You should always do this when you're putting your prices up, by the way. So you go out to your audience and you can just say, currently my power hours are £99. By X date, they're going up to £299 or whatever the price is going to be. But I'm going to do your deal. If you book in your power hour now, you can get it at this price before X date and I will honour that for however long. So I can't remember the exact number that I put my power hour up from. I think I went from 150 to 250 maybe I can't remember now I think you went to 250 and I did that and I just and I did it at the end of the year actually I said if you have booked if you've paid for your power hour by the 31st of December you will get it at this price but you don't have to use it until the end of March yeah and I sold so many power hours I got a massive nice little chunk of money in my bank for Christmas it's yeah. great I did that I did it again over Christmas so I scheduled some content to go out whilst I was sat eating turkey and I made loads of cash over Christmas when I essentially had my feet up and wasn't really working because people were wanting to obviously get that. People love a bargain. And yeah. especially if they've got like a time scale to use it, they'd be like, well, I don't need it right now, but I might need it in the next six weeks. I'm, I'm going to grab that bargain. I saw, um, just talking on pricing, I saw a really interesting thread in a group the other day about the cost of essentially power hours. They didn't call it that, but... The person who'd posted was asking what people were paying and this person then, he then was commenting later about how he needed, he realised he massively needed to put his prices up because he realised that all he'd done in terms of pricing was sat down one day and tried to figure out an hourly rate. So say Mm. he was giving himself £30 an hour. I can't think, I think it was like 35 it might be dollars actually, but it's fine to buy. so that's what he felt because an hour he felt an hour of his time was thirty five dollars, um, so therefore that's what he was charging. And then of course he asked on this thread, and most people were saying, you know, anything really from a hundred to to like three four hundred pounds. People and he was like, wow, because I think we have to remember if you want to give yourself an, a, a price per hour, then that's one thing. I'm not suggesting that that's the right way to do it. But what you do really have to remember is the value that you are bringing, the expertise Mm. that you are getting. You know, if you can sit there in an hour and fix all these businesses' problems on Instagram Reels, for example, and then they can go on and market their business and make more money, there is so much more value in that than just charging the £35. You're charging for the time, yes, the time it takes, but also the value that you're bringing, the years in which you've trained and qualified, the things that you invest in to keep yourself at the top of your game, that's what you're bundling up into your fee. So don't just think, oh, hang on a minute, £200 for one hour. I don't charge myself £200 an hour. Well, rightly or wrongly, whether you charge yourself £200 an hour or not, it's not just about the hour of your time. It's all the many, many years and investments you've made in being able to be that expert that is going to give that person that advice on the end of that Zoom call. And if you're worried that that's going to put people off, well, great. It should put people off who can't 
afford that because remember these power hours are potentially going to lead into them buying more things and if they can't you know if they're only going to spend 35 quid they can go and buy chat gpt and ask that the questions you know <laughs> pay 20 quid a month for that because they're never going to then spend more money with you so you do want the people who've got the budget who are willing yeah. to invest yeah that's sure point. If you're looking for a way to stay organised, save time and easily manage your social media, you should check out Agora Pulse. Their scheduling tool, inbox and monitoring system means you get more done in less time without the distractions of the social media news feeds. We are big fans of Agora Pulse and have used it for years for our own businesses and our clients. If you want to try it for free for two months, just go to thetwolauras.com forward slash Agora Pulse. So that's your first thing then, power hours, get out, go and promote those. That's definitely a great service to offer. What's the second one, Laura? second one is audits. Now, I used to do a lot of audits. For me, it was just easy money and I didn't really have to speak to anyone. Um, so it's a bit different to <laughs> Always a, a bonus. <laughs> a bit different to a power hour. I used to uh, do a lot of these. And actually, this is the, the audit that I used to use is the same audit template that we have in the Social Media Manager's Toolkit. So this is not just some random audit which someone's just chucked together like this is the actual thing that used to make me lots of money and the way that I used to do it in various different ways so again similar to what we were just talking about with power hours I would often if I put my prices up I would do like offers those kind of things I would also actually do a lot of competitions to win a free audit and so what would happen obviously I would do a uh, you know, come and comment on my post, whatever, if you want a free audit, I'd get loads and loads and loads of businesses then commenting. And therefore I was, I knew all these businesses needed help with their social media. They self-identified themselves by commenting because they wanted to win, yet that, that they needed help. So I would then pick a winner. I would then do that uh, free audit. I would then get a testimonial out to them. I would then push that testimonial out fa- fairly quickly. And then I would tag all the people who didn't win in that competition or I would DM them or message them or email them or what have you. And I would say, look, you didn't win. This is what you could get. Share the testimonial. You know, Look, you can do this for £99 I used to charge for one platform audit. And I'd get loads and that would just keep me busy. I'd sit there one day, do loads of audits. It was nice injection of cash. It was easy because I know what I'm doing. Uh, Again, so similar to Power Hours, I focused it on the platforms that I knew I kind of was an expert in. And I used to allow myself loads of time. I said, right, you'll get your audit back within, you know, 14 days, nine times out of 10, I'd do it quite quickly. So then they were like really pleased and they were like, wow. Um, and then they would often buy other services from me. Some of the people I did an audit with then became my clients, admittedly like kind of a year or so later. So again, it's a great way to get people in the door spending money with you. And because you're obviously going to do a really good job and you're going to make sure your audit is shit hot, like the ones in the toolkit, and people are going to be like, wow, this is amazing. Oh my God, I didn't know what need to, I didn't know I needed to know all this stuff. I need help now to implement it. How can I implement it? And if they couldn't afford my management fees, that's when I would do things like power hours or like nurture packages, which are like a basically a bundle of power hours. And I would help work with them to implement all those things that I'd highlighted on that audit. Or I'd then go away and write them a strategy, which which we'll come on to in a bit. So audits were so easy, especially if you don't like <laughs> don't like speaking to people. 
So if you've got, and it's a great, it was also a brilliant way to grow my audience of people who I knew needed to help with social media. And um, so I definitely would recommend it a hundred percent. I just want to like, just highlight the thing that Laura did, because I don't want you to stop listening to this podcast and think I'm going to go and do a competition. Like the competition <laughs> was great, but it wasn't the competition part, was it? That made this successful for you is the no. follow up. Yeah. And I think we see a lot of people doing competitions on social, but they don't do the follow up part. And that's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah. The, the competition is like the lead generator. If you don't nurture those leads, there's no point in having that lead generator in yeah. the first place. And those people who'd applied to the audit and didn't win the audit, I would make sure I was following. I was making sure I was like chatting with them in their DMs. I was getting to know them, not in a salesy way, just in a replying to their stories about the state of their back garden or whatever Probably it is. Probably gin, shared. knowing yeah. you. You yeah. reply to a lot oh, of gin stories. With a lot of gin chat. <laughs> And I was just getting to know these people. So then later, when I was able to kind of come back and say, look, I've now got some more capacity for audits. I know you were interested in winning one. Sorry, you didn't win one, but do you want to buy one? They were like, oh, yeah, actually, Laura, I'd really like that. And £99, actually, for a business, for one platform, isn't actually that expensive, especially if you've had got some great testimonials from the freebies you've done. Well, and obviously from the paid people you've done as well. It gives people that reassurance. You know what? Actually, for 99 quid, if I can get some decent kind of feedback and some direction on how to take my business, then it's 99 pounds well spent. Yeah. Although I would say you don't have to limit yourself to 99 pounds. We... Um, no, no, sorry. I think, we've, I think we've talked about this on a podcast before. We, a couple of years ago we're looking at having our reels audited. We'd gone all in on reels and we'd like done loads and loads. We were like, right, we need somebody with like an outsider to have a look at this and audit this and, you know, let us know what's happening. And, uh, what, how much was she going to charge for that audit? I think it was, it was a lot, wasn't it? It was six and a half thousand. I think it was Australian dollars. Yeah. And that was just for reels. It wasn't for the whole of Instagram. It was just yeah. for reels. So you don't, you know, don't limit yourself to thinking I can only charge 99 pounds. Like you could go really low and charge 99 pounds. You could go right high and charge six grand. Yeah. <laughs> and know, it, it depends who your audience is. And it is worth saying, because realistically, maybe six and a half grand, we're not all going to suddenly go and offer yeah, six we didn't, and a half we grand audit. No, we, we didn't buy it. Um, <laughs> but realistically, I'm talking now, I haven't done audits since we started this business. So it's four years yeah, so ago. Like so really that yeah. price would be way too low now. Okay, third and final thing that people can go out and sell right now to make some money. Okay, well, I've just touched on this is strategies. Lots of businesses may have the people within the business to implement social media, or they can't afford to have a social media manager, but they need direction. They need that strategy. They need to understand their what they're trying to achieve and how they're going to do it and the bigger picture. And actually lots of businesses out there don't operate with any in any kind of strategic way. They operate in tactics you know so they'll see some guru saying you need to do this you need to do that and that's just tactics but there's no strategy behind what they're actually doing on their social media to meet to meet their business objectives and for me a lot of the people that I did audits with they would then be like well hang on okay how am I actually going to do this like what is the landscape what are my competitors doing where do I need to do all my social listening? Like how, and what do I do with that once I've done it? You know, it's all these kind of things that businesses, so by doing things like an audit 
and potentially a power hour, you open your eye, their eyes to potential and opportunity, but they don't know how to take those next steps. And a strategy is really, really important for any business. It's why every social media manager should know how to do a strategy, what a strategy looks like, because you should be working with all of your clients with a strategy in place and a strategy that is constantly reviewed and updated as time goes on. So it's a natural thing for any social media manager to to offer. You've got that knowledge, you've got that skill set. And again, in the toolkit, we've got some awesome templates that you can use with everything in there that you need to write a strategy that you can just go and, and fill in the blanks. And, you know, yes, a strategy is harder work in terms, or not harder, but it's more time consuming. You do need to go away and you need to do the research. But the benefit of that is that you can charge a premium you know, that that you can charge a lot, lot more. It's a good, solid, chunky piece of work. So if you've got a kind of month ahead of you where maybe you're a bit quiet on the client front, but you've got plenty of time that you can actually throw yourselves into writing a really good strategy, then it it can be a great way. Actually, there are plenty of people now who we know who only offer strategies because they love that kind of work. They love putting all that together and, and it can be more rewarding than actually for them than doing social media management, for example, because obviously we all lean into what we prefer to do and they can be nice, chunky, chunky price points as well, which is always nice. Yeah. I remember my very first strategy and at that point I didn't really have a clue what I was doing in terms of the like presentation of the strategy. I charged 800 quid for that very first strategy. So, you know, if you're, if you're thinking, oh, you know, it's, you know, a couple of hundred quid job, it's not like, this is a big meaty document that you're going to give somebody. And that was just for one, one platform. That was a Facebook strategy that I was doing at that point. But, you know, this, this is like a big meaty document that you're giving people. And Laura's just mentioned that there's a template um, in the social media managers toolkit. If you haven't written a a strategy before, that is going to be really helpful. But there's also a strategy guide in the toolkit, which will take you much more in depth about, you know, what each part is. So, you know, you don't have to go into this blind and kind of, you know, second guess what you're doing in terms of presentation, which is what I was doing. And, you know, luckily for me, it paid off. It worked well. But if I had had that template that Laura had, I think it would have made my life so much easier. And what I was presenting to that client at that point, you know, I think would have gone down better but I still made 800 quid. So I'm not moaning. Yeah. You're not feeling around in the dark, are you? When you've got a template Mm. like this one, it's, um, gives you that structure to work through so you can ensure that you actually cover everything that you need to cover within that strategy document. Yeah. And I think there's some really good ways that you can make more money with strategies as well. So you could literally just fill in the document, deliver it, Bob's your uncle, job's done, see you later, get paid. But you could charge more in order for the client to get that document, but also have a pre-recorded video of you talking them through what this actually means to them. And this means this, and this means that. And you sell them you know, the strategy with the video, or you could go one step ahead and you give them the document, but you also invite them onto a call that you record. So you're talking them through it. They're asking questions and they're getting all of their questions answered on that call. You could also then, of course, upsell your services. Like this is the strategy. This is what I think you need to be doing. This is how much I would charge if you wanted me to go and implement it. And, you know, quite often they'll be like, yeah, this sounds like a lot of work. I would rather you just do it because you're the expert. And you can, a lot of the things I used to do off the back of strategies was those power hours or nurture packages. So 
as I just mm. said earlier, the nurtures are a bundle of power hours. So I was helping them kind of implement that strategy over a period of time. And I would just jump on a call whenever they wanted until their package, essentially, they'd used all the time available. And I would just say, look, this didn't work. Let's learn from this. Let's go and have a look in your analytics. Let's try this. Next time, do this. And it was like on on the job feedback that they were getting. But all of these things are charged at a premium because they're... Mm getting a lot of your time and expertise. So I hope that's inspired you for, you know, some ways that you can go out and start making some money. I was going to say easily, it's not easy, but it's much easier to do these things and offer these things than it is to find like a long-term management client. And it is a way that if you do need to make money, you can just be thinking, how can I make this money rather than, oh my God, I really need some money. You know, you've got a plan in place. Yeah. And as we mentioned right at the top with the offer triangle, there are lots of other ways in which you can make cash in your business but these are just probably the most simplest based on knowing that you are going to be a social media expert so these are the quickest ones to turn around I guess yeah for sure and we've mentioned the social media managers toolkit a lot during this episode if you haven't checked that out yet go to the twolauras.com forward slash toolkit we'll also put the link for that in the show notes and that has all of these um, templates that we've been talking about plus lots and lots of other stuff to help you to um, find win onboard work with clients um, and make more money so definitely check that out that's at the twolauras.com forward slash toolkit now usually we end up these um, episodes by saying we'll be back same time same place next week but we actually won't we have decided to take August off. Woo-hoo! Maybe you might want to do that too. So there will be no episodes in, in August. And we will be, well, Laura will be lying in the sun on a on a cruise and nice. then going to Disney. I will just be lying in probably the rain in my back garden in England. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going we're gonna to chill out. So if you are missing episodes throughout August, go back and listen to some ones that you didn't listen to before um, and make sure that you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening so that you don't miss us when we come back in September. Yeah, we will be back. We'll be coming back with some great episodes and we will see you then. Farewell, my friends. Hasta luego. See you later. Oh, that's (laughs) a new (laughs) challenge. All right, bye. Bye.